I'm grateful for my mask because I'm crying. And by the way, I'm an old war reporter, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have a drink now because talking about this makes me upset. We've had a very sudden change of plan, but that's what war can do. To be honest, a change in the schedule of a podcast is probably the least dramatic thing a war has ever done. But that doesn't mean that this episode can't make some impact, a small dent, something. In my second job hosting interviews on the Sean Atwood YouTube channel last night, so March the 9th, 2022, I was afforded the unexpected opportunity to speak with veteran war journalist John Sweeney, who is based in Ukraine's capital city of Kiev, or Kiev, as the locals apparently say. What followed was arguably the most remarkable interview I've ever done. You see, John is quite clearly pissed, drunk. He admits during the recording to being a high-functioning alcoholic. Well, imagine being an alcoholic who just spent the day wading through dead bodies and witnessing families torn apart around their children in hospitals that they can't leave as Putin's armies approach. As he speaks, it is all so raw in the memory. He's still processing what he has witnessed earlier on in the day and he wears his emotion, his anger and his vulnerability with pride. So John has a well-earned drink at night while describing the most ghastly of situations in Ukraine. He won't leave, he says, because Putin can do more damage once all the international journalists are out, gone. These are no shallow words, as you may have seen the Sky News footage of soldiers openly shooting at British journalists with a clear intent to kill. The Brits among you will know John well. He has had an illustrious career delving into war-torn countries and making fantastic documentaries. You might also remember him for losing his temper with Scientologists. Now listen to me, he roars after reaching the end of his tether with those Scientology guys whose primary job is to just wind people up. He's nothing if not a journalist who wears his heart on his sleeve, and he left the BBC in acrimony after a skirmish with British far-right convicted criminal Tommy Robinson. Many of my episodes are recorded four to six weeks in advance, but I'm currently editing this one at 2am on Thursday morning, just a few hours after interviewing John. Forgive me if the editing then seems a little rushed or if there are any mistakes. Do get in touch to let me know and I'll go back and uh, rectify those. It was done live, so you'll hear John referring to the comments section to the right of the screen on Sean Atwood's channel, um, which, by the way, I would definitely recommend you subscribe to. I, I do thank him for allowing me to use this interview uh, for On the Edge with Andrew Gold podcast. But yes, at one point, for example, John responds to a commenter in the chat on the right of our screen who tries to suggest that the West is as bad as Russia because of Julian Assange. Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks activist who published a series of leaks from the US Army intelligence. He's still in prison, but Sweeney points out that Russian equivalents are not serving time like Assange. They're dead. More than anything, I hope that this episode serves to put to bed the moral equivalence performed by those of us who want to be the smartest people in the room. I'm as tempted to try to be that guy as anyone, but it's clear now that Russia is invading a peaceful country. And after hearing some of John's descriptions on the ground, 
I'm glad I'm editing this rather than trying to sleep because they really are quite devastating. Find John's podcast, Hunting Jelaine, about Jelaine Maxwell in, in all the usual places. And if you can spare it, go to his Patreon, John Sweeney Roar, like a lion's roar, which is helping him continue his brave journalism in Ukraine. If you're new to this podcast, make sure to subscribe and check out recent episodes with David Baddiel, John Ronson, Amanda Knox and Richard Dawkins, among many, many others. If you don't mind, it'd be a huge help as well if you could just tell a few friends to try out the podcast so this can grow a little. Anyway, here's John Sweeney in a room in Kiev in the middle of the night as Russian troops move in. in kiev what what on earth man so what kiev what... kiev kiev mate people have been saying kiev kiev is the is the trendy way of saying it i wouldn't have gotten into the nightclub if vladimir putin eats chicken kiev then we chicken kiev i <laughs> actually cooked the other day um and i'm because of the kind of war there are lots of tragedies one of which is my cooking and i had some chicken legs and i I had no garlic and no bread butter. Anyway, what all I did was I had chicken legs, and then I just poured vodka on it, and I called it chicken Kiev. <laughs> that used to be my favourite thing, a chicken Kiev. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's nice. I've I've gone veggie actually, so I need a veggie chicken Kiev somehow. Showbiz. I'm not a vegetarian, uh, but there is a war. Hold on, well, let's talk about the war for a bit, yeah? Yes. Let's let's let's. Well, I want to know. I want to know what your. How, are you out there independently? What's the what's the deal? How did you get out there? I'd very much like to thank Tommy Robinson and the former and disgraced director general of the BBC, Tony Hall, Lord Hall, Lord Hall of Birkenhead, for ruining my BBC career. Uh, because here I am. I rocked up here on Valentine's Day uh, independently as a freelance, and I um, I switched on Patreon which I've never done before. And basically, uh, people, if they want to do this, and they can, um, uh, and you can tell me to fuck off, and that's perfectly fine. You don't have to do anything. But basically, if you want to give me a quid a, a month uh, on Patreon or more, that'd be nice. And what that means is that I have uh, money to go and go out there and tell stories. And since I've been in Kiev, I've done a number of films, for example, about uh, the children who are trapped in uh, uh, Kiev's kids' hospital. So, so Andrew, um, um, there are lots of children who have been able to escape um, because they're fine with their mums and often their dads take them to the border and then their dads go back uh, um, to the war. Then there are kids who have got such obvious awfulness, uh, terrible tragedies, uh, terrible sickness, cancers, that CNN, for example, has said, we'll get you out. And then there's the less, um, the kids where it's just too difficult. So there is a kidney dialysis unit uh, in uh, uh, Kiev Kids Hospital. The kids have got massive kidney problems. If they move away from the, the machines to keep them alive, they may die. If they stay in Kiev, 
because of Vladimir Putin's killing machine coming this way, they may die. And so the thing that really, the thing that really got to me, Andrew, was was there was a fucking clown. And I don't like clowns, and they're rubbish normally, but this clown was really funny and good. And, and she was making these kids laugh. And remember, the kids are trapped by their bodies in the war zone, and so are their mums and dads. They can't leave. You can't abandon your kid. But you suddenly the cities, the capitals, become a war zone. So you love your kid. So you're going to stay with your kid. But how awful is that? In the middle of this is a clown. Clowns called Choo Choo. And there's a 12 year old girl who is quite sophisticated and she knows clowns are for little kids, not somebody her age. And, and I say to the kid uh, who has got some serious uh, liver and kidney problems, you can see because her face is yellow, which is a classic uh, symptom of um, anyone with a liver problem. Kidney problem. I said, What's your name? And she says, Aliona. But I miss her, or maybe I'm going deaf, or something like this. And uh, and I say, Elon. And the clown goes, Elon Musk. <laughs> like, and the idea that Mr. Rocket Man from the States, Mr. Tesla, is, is going to hang out in a basement <laughs> in the children's hospital and give it's so ridiculous and so funny. Both me and the 12 year old who kind of knows that uh, it's silly to laugh at clowns. And we start laughing and within, and it's difficult. And then she finds these, the clown finds these other kids and makes them laugh. And I'm wearing a mask because it's a surgical environment uh, and that's proper. Uh, and I'm grateful for my mask because I'm crying. And by the way, I'm, I'm a war reporter, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have a drink now because talking about this makes me upset. Are you used to it, or is, is this just another level for you? I mean, that comedy you just talked about, I suppose, brought the tragedy into stark relief. Yeah, so um, I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. I've, um, and I am used to it. I've seen wars, so um, I've reported the wars in Rwanda and Burundi, and I was tear gassed by the apartheid state. And then I did the Romanian Revolution. I walked in other people's blood, and I understood the evil of Ceausescu's communism, and that communism was evil and dark. Then uh, the wars in Yugoslavia, and I was in sieges in Osijek and... Dubrovnik and Sarajevo. And then I went to Afghanistan, then Iraq. I've seen a lot of stuff. And the thing, Andrew, is this, is that I've seen all this stuff, and then I go into uh, the basement, the key of children's hospital, and there's a clown making kids laugh, and I can't stop myself bursting into tears. And I've got a mask on, so it's okay, so no one sees me crying. But this is horrible. And because I've seen it before in other places, and because I'm a big, tough guy, I would say, it doesn't insulate me from the horror of it. 
and it upsets me and I hate it. And it, it appears from afar that Russia is sort of firing indiscriminately at hospitals and things like that. Is, is that what, what you're getting from the ground? Kiev is the historic centre of Russian civilization, And I think Putin is afraid to smash it to pieces. What we've heard tonight is that they have Russian Air Force who bombed a maternity hospital in Maripol, which is a city down south um, on the on the Black Sea. I've um, I've been there. Um, it's a bit like Liverpool or Birkenhead or somewhere like that. Not very posh, full of ordinary people. That's what the reports are saying. I'm miles away from it. But they've wiped out a, a maternity hospital full of expecting mothers and kids. And let's, like, I want to say this so we're all clear. Ukraine was at peace and Vladimir Putin has invaded this place, which was at peace. And that's a crime. And killing pregnant mothers and their babies in a maternity hospital is a war crime. And I've seen evidence uh, in, uh, uh, in Kyiv. The, 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 um, the Russians uh, tried to knock out the TV transmitter and they, 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 uh, the missile, a missile, hit the TV control center, knocking off Ukrainian TV. Also killed a worker, also killed four other people. And um, I hitchhiked. I'm freelance. I'm, I'm not here. Uh, I've left the BBC, obviously. Um, and I uh, um, hitchhiked a ride um, to the TV tower. And the guy picked me up. He's got a dodgy Skoda with bad ball bearings. By the way, what, and the thing is, because it's such a rubbish car, we sail through all the checkpoints, all the Ukrainian army checkpoints, whereas all my proper colleagues in their, their proper gear with their fancy cars got stopped and searched properly because we were going, we sail through, and I was the first reporter in the TV tower. Lucky me, I got to see um, the worker, the worker's blood. He His body had been removed, but there was blood there, and then the guy who showed me around the TV tower. He, um, we walked through the other side of the street and a couple of Russian missiles had overshot, smashed into some shops, killed an old man and killed a mother and her child. And I saw their bodies before, before the people from the morgue took them away. So I've seen with my own eyes innocent civilians being killed. What does that What does that do to somebody? What does that do to you? I mean, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, um, I'm good. I'm telling stories about the Kremlin murdering children, and I'm doing it with good evidence. And I believe the West, for far too long, has given Vladimir Putin and his Moscow gold an easy ride. Now, I'm very conscious of uh, of who I'm talking to. I mean, Sean uh, 
the bouncer from Withness has has left you you and I to it. But but there are a lot of people in Britain, or there are some people in Britain, who are supporters of Tommy Robinson, who saw the video about me, and they uh, give me a hard time. Um, and I will will say to them, this is clear and simple. The what Tommy Robinson said about me was entirely unfair. The video was maliciously filmed, and I'm not interested in other people's sex lives. Um, the woman who accuses me, um, and he tapes her. It's not me. It's another reporter. I'm not going to go down that street too far. What I am going to say is this. Tommy Robinson went to Moscow and he has taken, I think, Moscow money. Never mind. I do not think he's an honest person. I do not think he has and respects the views of ordinary British people. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on what could go right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. All I know right now is that Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin killing machine are 15 miles away from where I speak. And that all I'm trying to do is tell the story of ordinary Ukrainian men, women and children who are standing up to Russian fascism. And if people in Britain don't get that, then in very simple terms, I will say the same thing that I keep on saying to Vladimir Putin on my Twitter feed. You can watch it. I saw. What I said to Vladimir Putin is, do fuck off. And I'm saying to people who think that, um, who may not get what's happening here, fuck off. What is happening is a war crime. Can I just say, uh, firstly, when you say it, uh, you're aware of who you're talking to and all of that, I don't know about, uh, uh, I can't vouch for, for Sean because I don't know what his relationship to, to Tommy Robinson is. I, I honestly don't he know. He doesn't like him. Uh, Sean, by the way, right. Sean, is a, Sean is a good guy and he's had me on about uh, Gillian Maxwell. The very, yeah. the very fact that he's had me on here is proof he's willing to give me a bit of a platform to say what I want to say. I think Sean Sean's a big fan of yours, actually, and 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 so am I. I should say, and I I, I can say, not speaking for this channel, that Tommy Robinson, you know, holds no sway with me. I mean, he's he's as far as I'm concerned, a, a fascist, and I don't want anything to do with him. Well, no, no, I, I I think he's a Nazi. He he did he gave an interview, or rather, he gave a speech to the far right. Um, 
uh, in Germany uh, in in Bavaria. That's not good. But he also went to Russia, and I'll stick up the evidence. He's been to Russia, and I think Russia paid for that. So the problem is this: is that what's happened is in '39 the Germans were fascists, and although Stalinism was dark and evil. Eventually, in '41, when Nazi Germany invaded Russia, um, Russia was on our side. Those things have switched. Germany is now a good country, a democracy, and Russia is fascist, and Russia is invading its neighbor, its entirely peaceful neighbor. I, I know I'm going to say this in very clear terms. Vladimir Putin says that. The government here are neo-Nazi. President Zelensky is Jewish, as is his prime minister. I don't think they're very Jewish. I think they eat bacon sandwiches and everything. I don't care. But they're not, you know, their heels do not click. They're not Nazis. Yeah, they have an, they have an Aguila piano uh, comedy act that Zelensky did. Have you seen that? I haven't. All I do know is um, that I am, and listen, mate, I'm a lapsed Catholic and I only ever eat bacon sandwiches in the morning, but I, I'm currently the stringer for the Jewish Chronicle in Kiev. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fascinating. So, so so I'd just like to say to everybody, and I can't read all this, uh, uh, this feed because it's pinging up at me, but the idea that this side, where I am, Ukraine, is Nazi, that's just nonsense, that's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. This is a side of fun and life and laughter. John, that, don't read that stuff. I had to learn when I got onto Sean's channel at first, you know, there's so many lovely people and then you'll get one or two that are just horrible. So just don't look at that. But, but Andrew, the reason I've come here is to argue with these people. I like, right now, I mean, I am a big critic of Vladimir Putin. And I am 15 miles away from him. So, number one, the idea that I'm some kind of left-wing la-di-da. Um, uh, no, you're not. I'm not. You're not, but they're going to accuse you of that anyway. But also the other thing is we're fighting for human decency and courage and civilization and laughter and fun. And the Kremlin side is, I mean, he's got this guy uh, uh, who runs the Wagner Group, named after Hitler's favorite composer. And the guy who runs that has got swastika um, tattoos. So I'd like to say to everybody who kind of supports Tommy Robinson or thinks I'm in the sway uh, of some kind of Jewish conspiracy, well, go to Moscow and open your mouth. And you'll see what happens to you. Mm. Well, look, I couldn't agree more. And I would also say to me, and I don't usually say it about commenters and stuff, but I would just say that right now, John is in the middle of a war zone. So just keep that in mind right now. And as he says, he's 15 miles away from Putin right now. Do you feel, I mean, I saw the Sky News footage of the, the journalists who were shot at. Do, I, is that just happening? A journalist being shot at? You mentioned a car that you were able to get by. Do you fear for your life? Uh, no, but also I'm, I'm freelance. I don't have a big uh, company behind me. I'm I'm on Patreon, uh, but so what I do is, and this isn't my first rodeo, but I hang around the city um, 
I go to the hospital. I see uh, there's a really good, great friend of mine, Semen Gluzman, who was the first Soviet psychiatrist to say that uh, the abuse of Soviet psychiatry was wrong. He wrote a report about it, and Semyon got banged up by the Soviet Union, by the commies, for um, 10 years in a gulag. And, the, and it, by the way, I asked him, Some, what's the, with the long table? You know, there's Putin, there's Macron. What's with the long table? And Semyon says, the distance between Putin and his death. Seriously smart guy, the president of the Ukrainian Psychiatric Association. Because I did a panorama about um, Scientology, a church of, ha ha ha, uh, psychiatrists love me, and uh, uh, Semyon and his gang, which is great, it's the Ukrainian Psychiatric Association, my favorite organization on the whole planet. They paid for me come out in 2016 to talk about the evil of Scientology because Scientology was coming here and Semyon's here. I say this, Semyon's 75. He spent 10 years in the Soviet Gulag. Semyon, I said, Semyon, are you going to fight? And he, no, I'm too old. I don't know how to fight. I'm 75. I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm, I don't want to do that. But if, they, if the Russian tanks come to my street, I will protest. So there is something about the aristocracy of the human spirit that's happening in Ukraine, which is quite amazing. And part of the reason I am here is because I find this wonderful. I am witnessing the aristocracy of the human spirit, and I want to carry on reporting it for as long as my courage and my alcohol supply lasts. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on Zelensky, because what a character, what a what a, a fascinating story to have arisen out of seemingly nowhere. It, it's it, it's Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Bean uh, takes over, or, 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 or <laughs> possibly Michael Palin, um, like Sagar had in um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That kind of slightly kind of like, I'm just a, a simple knight. And then bang, yeah. the entire uh, Russian killing machine is coming at him. And he keeps on cracking jokes. He's extraordinary. But then there's the ordinary extraordinary. Have you, uh, have you, like, you've seen the Ukrainian tractor jokes, you know, them keep on nicking the Russian tanks. Yeah. And then there's this stuff like the, the Russian, like, um, there's, oh, Likely it's going to be a good harvest this year, says one Ukrainian trying to drive into another, and they're, <laughs> they're freaking in the tanks. And then you, like, I mean, the guy who showed me around the um, um, a TV tower, I said, what do you do before the war? So, well, I was a hot air balloon pilot. The, the resilience and the love of fun of, of ordinary Ukrainians is magnificent. By the way, I know Navalny, Alexei Navalny, who is the true leader of the opposition in um, uh, in Russia. He was poisoned with Novichok, and now he's in prison. He's brilliant and funny, and if he was in charge, this stupid war wouldn't be happening. Tell me what it's like right now 
Okay, this is what's what doesn't get reported as such, and I'm really interested in it. I mean, what happens? Where are you getting food from? Are supermarkets open? How are people living still? So, um, Andrew, it's not my first rodeo. So what happened was I bought, um, I expected this to happen, and I went to a hypermarket and bought a ton of food two weeks ago. So everything I'm eating is way past its sell-by date. I don't give a fuck. Uh, um, um, what I'm worried about is I've now um, I've blown out my gin. I've got half a bottle of um, Jameson's Irish whiskey, and then a bottle of um, Captain Morgan's dark spice rum. Right. And and half a bottle of dodgy Ukrainian vodka. But I know enough people now in, the, in this great city that it's going to be okay. So I, I need that. And uh, by the way, um, I'm a high-functioning alcoholic. I've written 12 uh, books. What matters to me is that uh, the other day, uh, this is absolutely true, I'm a reporter I report for everybody and anybody, uh, I'm gonna. There are Chechens here, uh, Muslim fighters from the Southern Republic, fighting with the Ukrainians because they hate the Kremlin. There are Chechens on Vladimir Putin's side, but uh, but the Chechens I'd like to meet. I haven't met them yet, but I will meet them. They're good people. So um, the idea that I'm running um, a couple of articles for Jewish Chronicle, I'm here freelance. I'm also going to tell the story of the Muslim Chechens fighting for Ukraine, both sides. There's also, um, and I haven't got to them yet, but there are gay lesbi and lesbian fighters fighting who are Ukrainian fighting for Ukraine. I don't care who people are, so long as they fight for democracy against totalitarianism. Those are my rules, and they're pretty simple. As a reporter, um, I bought lots of stuff. It's out of date. I'm okay. Putin isn't hitting the center of town at the moment. I've got a fixer, Eugene, a driver, Vlad. Um, they're both very funny and very good. We like each other. Um, there's a milk bar that's open in the evening. We go there and talk. But, you know, the other day, I, I went to the synagogue Jewish Chronicle asked me to go, so I went. And there's this lovely Ukrainian Jewish lady, and she bursts into tears. I want to stay. I want to stay. Starts crying. But I've got to go. My husband's staying. I want Ukraine to be independent. We've got a half an hour to kill across the road to a milk bar. The milk bar people... It's the eighth anniversary of the opening, and they've got lots of buns and everything. And I say, Can you, these Jewish people are, are leaving, and, and, and they give the, some buns to the uh, Jewish refugees. And the people in the shop are lovely. And then I go to the hospital, and then I meet uh, this poor woman, Yevgenia, whose daughter, Mariana, is critically ill, and she can't leave. If the baby leaves, the baby may die. If the baby stays, she may get killed by the Russian army. That's wrong. It's just wrong. 
What is it like for people at ground level? Are there just are there just bombs flying off in the background? Are you hearing no, that from no, the no, flat? no? So where I am, so in uh, Kiev's a huge place, half the size of London. I'm in, um, I'm right now. I'm in Westminster. Um, right in the government uh, is inches away from where I am. The internet is working. The electricity is on. You can see that. Um, you can watch from my video. I wander around town. Uh, none of this is fake. So um, at the moment, Putin is afraid to smash the heart of Kiev because this is Russian Orthodox versus Ukrainian Orthodox. And there are people back home in Russia who don't like this war. The killing is taking place in places like kind of Edmonton and Croydon at the moment. Okay. So if you're a Londoner, you can imagine. I mean, this. I mean, it's unbelievably scary. And I wake yeah. up at four o'clock in the morning and I shudder with fear. And then I go, oh, fuck it, John. My old man, Leonard Sweeney, was a ship's engineer in the Battle of Atlantic. Um, he was brave and good at the age of 19. And all I'm trying to do is to copy my old dad. But what happens, John, when, you know, the lights go out where you are? What happens when the electricity does go out? Do you have a plan? Andrew, I'll be the first to tell you. Well, actually, I won't be because... Uh, anyway, uh, we'll find a way. I've been in places like this before. But I, I um, for the moment, it's simple. Vladimir Putin would like to smash this place to fucking pieces. But because there are lots of journalists here, it's more difficult for him to do that. If we all disappear, then he can kill these people. But for, for the moment, we're the witnesses to truth and light. And so, so long as we stay here, it makes Putin's life more difficult. So I'm staying here. What is Putin's goal, do you think? Fucking hell. Have you got any easy questions? <laughs> what, what are you having for breakfast? I mean, it, it, ah, even that's probably okay. a difficult question. It's all run out of out of date. Completely sorry, Andrew, I'm being unfair. I'm mocking you, uh, but I'm not mocking you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm registering the power of that question. And I think he's in trouble. I think Vladimir Putin has made a major strategic mistake. So my friend Simon Glusman, the, the great, the first Soviet psychiatrist, to blow the whistle on Soviet's abuse of psychiatry, and he spent 10 years as a zack in the gulag for his courage. And he says to me, Putin is not mad, he's bad. My view is he is a rational actor, but inside a bunker so dark, he doesn't understand um, the consequences of what he's doing. He, like the Wizard of Oz, he's pulling levers. Um, he's pulling levers, and he doesn't understand the effect they're having. He doesn't understand that some of these levers, because the Russian army doesn't like this war, aren't responding. And that is a terrifying place to be. But the only thing we can do in the Western world is to oppose him. Any other equivocation, and I'm seeing a lot of it here, a lot of nonsense here uh, on the right. Um, free Julian Assange, 
Do you understand? Is he dead? Um, his brother's coming on uh, after after you, I, th- I think. Okay. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say exactly what I said to Alexander Dugin, who was Putin's was Putin. He said, "What about Julian Assange?" I said, "Well, Boris Nemtsov. He's dead." What does the murder of Boris Nemtsov tell you about the state of Russian democracy? Julian Assange? Julian Assange is in prison um, currently, and he's being tried and he's going through a legal process. He's got lawyers. Nemtsov was killed. Anna Politivskaya was killed. Natasha Esmerova was killed. Alexei Navalny, my friend, was poisoned and is now in prison. He does not have any kind of chance. So the idea that you can say that Julian Assange and Boris Nemtsov are equal cases is nonsense. Nemtsov was murdered. So so I don't think that people properly understand how dark Putin is. He's killing kids. He's killing men and women and children right now in real time and the west should stand up to him i've got to go because i'm going to do some other work uh but um thank you very much and take care no thank you so much for giving us your time and i I hope we get to speak again on this and i I hope you're okay uh john you know bloody hell listen I'm, i'm 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 more than okay also i'm very up for an argument so um, I will happily come here again. I'm coming here deliberately, deliberately, because I know there are a lot of people who, uh, who don't like me um, because I said to Tommy Robinson, stop threatening people. And the message to Vladimir Putin is the same. Stop threatening people. Actually, to Putin, stop killing people and do that now. And I want to say to the people who who haven't done understand what's happening, when you launch a war against a peaceful country, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? It's outrageous. John, I, I would just, just say before you go, there are, you know, he's got, Sean's channel's got hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers and unfortunately, the ones who comment are always going to be the ones on the more extreme ends of both sides, you know, so I think the vast majority um, are really on side with you and I think they should go and uh, visit your Patreon, shouldn't they? Where can they find your Patreon? Yeah, so it's uh, Patreon, uh, John Sweeney Raw, my Twitter, you go to John Sweeney Raw at Twitter, da 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 You can always have a go at me, but you'll find... I'd rather not. Um, I saw what happened to those Scientologists, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you will find there is about, uh, I've got about a hardcore of 7,000 ex members of the Church of Scientology um, who will, who love me to bits. Anyway, hail Zeno. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Have, have a lovely evening and yeah, I hope you yeah, find yeah. enough drinks and all that and that you're all right. Yes. No, no, no. Listen, by the way, I'm a drinker. I like drinking. Yeah. I don't like people who murder people. Okay? Take care. Take care indeed, John. Our thoughts are with you, the other brave journalists out in Kyiv in this moment, and the Ukrainian people right now. 
Thank you for giving up your time. And everyone, please consider giving to John Sweeney Raw Patreon channel, if only so John can fill up his booze cabinet to get him through another dark, cold, military-infused night. To everyone else, I'd encourage you to take a look around you, wherever you're listening to this, whether you're walking, running, driving, if you're on the train or you're at home, and just take a deep breath and just enjoy the freedom that we have. Without guilt, don't need any of that guilt or anything like that. That doesn't help, but just just revel in that nice sort of goodness for a minute, just, just being alive. It's nice, isn't it? Please share the podcast around. Obviously, I'd love to grow the audience. And if all of you just share it with two or three friends this time, it will just balloon and and be big and it will be very, very important and make me uh, a successful podcast person. I'll let you know if that works. But aside from me and my selfishness, I believe that the rawness and the nakedness of John's speech, influenced by alcohol or not, merits a large audience. Thank you for listening. Thank you, John, for coming on. I'll be back Monday with journalist Katie Herzog. See you then.